Welcome to Equipping the Body. I'm Dr. Brad Starnes, and today we're continuing through 1 Peter. We're so close to finishing the book and jumping into the book of Luke. As you know, I, this podcast follows whatever uh, I'm doing in the pulpit on Sundays. And so, as is the case of the podcast and my pulpit ministry, um, I go through entire books of the Bible. I don't skip a verse, I don't skip a word. I don't skip a comma. That's the way I was trained. Um, That's the way I understand the Bible to be taught, that each text has to be taken within its context. And um, if you preach a passage and the original author could not stand up and say, well, that's what I meant, then you haven't preached. Um, and so some some have said, well, you know, expositional preaching is a style of preaching. No, expositional preaching is preaching. Um, if preaching is not expository, then it's not preaching. So that is why we do what we do. Um, but at any rate, with that being said, we're going to First Peter chapter 5. And the second part of verse 5, 5b, because 5a, I realize that it's all verse 5 in English, but I remind you the verses were not added until much later, sometime in the 1500s. And in the original uh, autographs in, in the Greek, it's even more clear this is all just one, one book. It's not There are no chapter and verse numbers. So 5b starts really a new idea. Um, and so far, Peter's been dealing with pastors and the pastor-elder role. Uh, he has encouraged the younger believers who are more likely to be rebellious to submit to the elders, a.k.a. the pastors, whether he uses the word presbyteros or episkopos, their interchangeable overseer pastor. Um, but now he moves on to something that you have to have in order to submit um, you have to have it in order to submit to your elders, and you have to have it and have it developed in you to more fully submit to God, and that's humility. Humility. Um, humility, in my opinion, and that's the title of this message, is the highest Christian virtue because it, it, it's really real humility um, is seen most clearly in the person of Jesus Christ, God became man. That you can't get any more humble than that. That that God Himself would stoop to the level of becoming a man. That's the ultimate humility. Now, give me a little grace. I had to title the message something. You may say, "Well, I don't think it's the highest Christian virtue. I think this." It will. You know, just bear a little artistic license for me, if you will. But I've entitled this humility the highest Christian virtue. And if it's not the highest, it's up there, buddy. Because humility and pride cannot long coexist. Now, pride is a deathly sin. Some would say it's the root of all sin, for it was pride that caused the devil to rebel against God when he was expelled from heaven. It was pride that filled the heart of Cain as he slew his brother. Cain offered God the labor of his hands, as if that is good enough, but God required the blood of a lamb. So really what Cain was doing was 
if nothing else, being prideful. Pride, I believe rightfully, should be considered one of the most dangerous sins, if not the most dangerous, simply because it can take so many different forms and it leads to other sins. I heard a pastor once say this, Pride is your greatest enemy. Humility is your greatest friend. Now, humility, I would call it the highest of Christian virtues, for humility in its purest form is found in the one person, and that's Jesus Christ. He's the ultimate expression of humility. In fact, he said, Take my yoke upon you, for I am meek and lowly of heart. History knows no other example of such deep humility that God would become man. Whereas pride leads to a fall, humility leads to exaltation. That's why Christ humbled himself to the point of death on the cross. And the Bible says, and now God has given him a name above every other name in the entire world. The most important name, the most powerful name, the most famous name, the name that will be on everybody's mouth till eternity past, present, and future. The name of Jesus Christ. Pride brings a fall. Humility moves the heart of God and leads to exaltation. Now, for the text, we can understand humility by looking at it from two perspectives that Peter gives us. Simple, simple. Humility towards our fellow believers, okay? Secondly, humility towards God himself. That's it, okay? We're looking at the vertical relationship between us and God, and we're looking at the horizontal relationship between our fellow Christians. And that's it. It, it, We're not here to be uh, academic today. We're not here to be so, so deep in the woods that we can't find our way out. It's simple. Two and a half verses, okay, and two points. Humility towards our fellow believers and humility towards God himself. Humility, the highest Christian virtue. Why? Because Christ himself was the ultimate picture of humility. This is simple. So let's read our text, and then let's see how simple it can be. Now, I didn't say it was easy. I said it was simple. Now, look at verse 5, second sentence. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Verse 6, therefore, humble yourselves. So we've seen the word humility or humble in one form or another three times already in one and a half verses. Now, let me just help you out. That's called a key word. You know what a key word is in the Bible. When you see one word or one phrase appear more than once in a very short span of verses, that that should be a red flag, okay? Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. Why? For he cares for you. For he cares for you. So the first thing we're going to see about humility, the highest virtue, is humility towards other believers. He says, uh, submit to one another. Now, this passage can be somewhat difficult simply because the chapter and verse numbers, as I told you, uh, are not actually accurate to the thought 
the thoughts that are being broken up in the Greek. Um, now, I'm thankful for chapter and verse numbers uh, because I, I'm an English reader, and they help me, and I know why they were added to the Bible, and I understand all that, but they're not inspired. They were added thousands of years, or not thousands, but over a thousand years after this was even written. So I, I understand that, okay? But at the same time, we we have to let the the language itself do the talking. So, uh, anyways, he talks about submitting towards each other. But the word translated "submit" here in this context could better be described be humble towards each other. Submissive here in this context does not necessarily speak of a hierarchy, but of a positional attitude towards each other. The word translated clothed in the phrase be clothed with humility is an interesting word that helps us understand that. It's made up of two words, combos, which means anything tied with a knot, and ekombomai, which was a protective layer worn by slaves and servants while they worked. It's the same word to describe the garment that Jesus girded himself with as he washed the feet of the disciples. So put it together. He says, submit towards each other. What he's saying is, just like Jesus, the sinless virgin-born Son of God, put on slave clothes and washed the feet of nasty fishermen, that should be your positional attitude towards your fellow Christians. I'm meek, I'm lowly. It's all about you. How can I help you? How can I serve you? I love you. That's our positional attitude, or should be. Humility towards our fellow believers. He who uh, created the world put on the garment of a slave. And now Peter, and remember, remember, think about this. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, who tried to stop him? I'll give you a hint. The same guy that wrote this epistle we're reading, Peter. Peter said, so Lord, you know, you can't wash my feet. You're God. I'm a dirtbag. That's basically what Peter was saying. And Jesus said, Peter, if I, if I don't do this, you, you can't have a part with me. And then Peter said, well, then don't forget to get behind my ears too. <laughs> wash all of me. And we can only think that Peter's mind goes back to that night as he's writing this passage and perhaps a lump forms in his throat and some tears run down his aged, wrinkled cheeks as he thinks to himself, now I understand what Jesus meant that night when he washed my feet. And so Peter says, be clothed with humility. Put on the garments of a slave because our Savior did. Humility towards each other, putting each other first, helping each other whenever and wherever you can. When you are asked to do something at church, how often does the thought cross your mind or the feeling, well, I'm above that. I'm not going to keep nursery because I've done my time. Or I'm not going to help clean up because I'm so-and-so. Or I did this or I did that. Or I've been here longer so I don't need to help with this or that. Ladies and gentlemen, 
That is the most satanic attitude you could have. That is the exact opposite. The exact opposite of the attitude Jesus had when he put on the slave the garments of slaves and washed the disciples' feet. And and Peter echoing that he says, Be clothed with humility. So let me ask you something. God died on the cross. You, 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 Jesus is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But before he did that, as if that, I mean, that's the ultimate home, but before he did that, he allowed the very people he created to treat him like dirt. And then he washed the feet of sinners. So, let me ask you a question. The next time you're asked to do something and serve in your local church, I just want to simply ask you this. Are you better than Jesus? Because in God's economy, the only way to go up is to go down. The first should be last. If you want to live, you got to die. If you if you want to be greatly used in the kingdom of God, you got to be willing to be greatly abused in the kingdom of man. Humility towards each other. Now, before I deal with the benefits of humility that are listed in verse, uh, in the rest of verse 5, I'm going to have to skip to verse 6 and look at humility towards God himself. The second place in which humility must be present is between us and God. We must humble ourselves before him, acknowledging on a regular basis our failures and sinfulness and his goodness and holiness. We must realize that without God, we are nothing. Without his grace, we're headed for hell. That is what we have merited or deserved. We would already be there at this moment were it not for grace. Now, this also involves accepting what God gives us, whether we like it or not. Remember the context. Peter is writing to people who were being persecuted for their faith in Christ. Certainly none of them enjoyed or asked for this. But in humility, they are to accept the will of God, for he is above and beyond. He is good, and his ways are higher than ours. Now, there is something else to this. If you were being persecuted, what would be the greatest sinful struggle? Worry. I mean, who wouldn't be worried? And to worry is a sin. But to be fair, if people took your house and were trying to cut your head off because you were a Christian, I'd be pretty worried too. Yet worry in itself is a form of pride because it, it basically suggests I've got to fix or to take care of something that God can fix or take care of. But but I've got to do it. And so worry can very well lead to pride. So he says, God resists the proud but give grace to the humble. And if you go down in our passage, it says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. So I have dealt with in this text, humility towards each other, humility towards God. And then finally, we have to ask the most human question in the world. What do I get out of it? 
That's, that's a good question. The first benefit is grace, marvelous grace. Look back, if you will, at verse 5. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. He lavishes his goodness and mercy upon those who, acknowledging, who acknowledge regularly and rightly that they are nothing apart from him. In their humility, God sees something of his son who himself rightly claimed, I am gentle and lowly in heart. We need more grace. Grace to cover our sin. Grace to face tomorrow. Grace to go through this life. Grace for strength. Grace is really just another, it's God's blessing and favor that we don't deserve. We need all of it we can get. And we've got a Bible promise that one of the benefits of humility, if you will be humble, that God will give you more grace. Now, who in their right mind could say, well, I don't need any more grace. Ladies and gentlemen, I know the grace I can get. Well, you've got God's word on it. You need more grace? Be humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Why? That he may exalt you. So the second benefit of humility is exaltation. See, many folks have mistakenly tried to exalt themselves and never found honor or blessing. Yet God will make us great, not in the eyes of his world, but in the eyes of his kingdom, if we humble ourselves towards him. Andrew Murray, a minister of years past who wrote on much on the subject of holiness and humility, stated, Humiliation is the only ladder to honoring in God's kingdom. It was only after Peter was sifted and rebuked that his ministry flourished. It was only after Christ was rejected by those he came to save, beaten and crucified, that he rose up from the dead with all glory, honor, and power. Exaltation comes after trials and tribulation. Now, I believe that this exaltation refers to the eternal rewards in heaven. Sure, sure it covers that. And I'm not a proponent of the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel is straight out of hell. The only true gospel is that Jesus died for sinners. Um, but And we're all sinners and need Jesus. Uh, and he died and got up three days later. He's the virgin-born, sinless son of God. That's the true gospel. No doubt about it. But what I'm getting at is... I also believe that if we honor God and we be humble and we seek humility towards Him and humility towards each other, that there are some blessings that will be earthly, that God will give us and bless us on this earth. He's not, uh, he's not obligated to, but I believe He does. Sure He does. I, I, I've seen it happen in my own life. No, I, we're not talking about health, wealth, prosperity, a million dollars, and, and being fat and sassy. Of course not. But does God not bless his children? Sure he does. Sure he does. It's just not what the world calls blessing. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I have a beautiful wife. I have two beautiful, healthy children. I, I have the best mom in the entire world. Today's her birthday, by the way. Today I'm recording this on the 21st of February. I mean, I'm blessed. I pastor a, a great church full of uh, great people. Uh, we got a few knuckleheads like everybody else, but uh, 
We love the knuckleheads too. I mean, I, I'm blessed. And so what I'm saying is we, we humble ourselves towards each other and towards God, and God promises to give us grace and exaltation in return. Humility is the highest Christian virtue because, because it, it, it literally defines the person of Christ. Like, I'm not just saying that Christ is the most humble person that's ever been. I'm saying that Christ is humility. Man, let me, I really don't like to do this for the sake of time, but you're already listening to the podcast, so you might as well just give me a few more minutes, and I'm going to turn in my Bible that I've got here on my desk and read you something out of the book of Philippians. Because I really just think Paul really wraps up uh, what Peter's trying to get at about being humble, and he does so by pointing to Jesus Christ. So let, let, me, just, let me just read it to you. I'm not even going to spend a lot of time explaining it. I just want you to hear it. <clears throat> and I'm going to skip some of this. Philippians 2.5, okay? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made, him, made himself no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. And I'm going to tell you something. That's really not an accurate translation, the word bondservant. I understand why the translators chose that word, but the, 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 the most accurate word would be slave bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death how much worse even the death of the cross therefore god has also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of jesus every knee should bow those in heaven on those of earth those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father ladies and gentlemen boys and girls Humility is the highest Christian virtue because, I mean, really, it captures, that word humility captures who Jesus is and what Jesus did. And so uh, if you want to be like Jesus, be humble. And so Peter says, be humble towards each other and be humble towards God, and God will exalt you, and God will give you grace. I hope you have a blessed day. I hope you keep studying the Word of God, uh, particularly First Peter. And next time we're together, we will finish chapter 5, and that will conclude this book, and we'll start our next one. God bless you.